my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. I'm happy to be back. I'm all uh, moved into my new house, got my new studio set up, uh, ready to go. Still a lot more work uh, to come, but uh, I'm happy to be back with you guys. I'm joined by my friend, Greg Price. Always a great time talking to Greg. We talked about uh, the crisis on the southern border. We talked about uh, Joe Biden's disastrous uh, press conference last Thursday. Uh, we gave some ideas about how uh, we we think we could have gotten the, the stupid boat in Egypt unstuck a lot faster than the authorities over there did. Um, but we covered a lot. I think you guys will enjoy it. Before we get to Greg, guys, I want to say hi to our sponsors over at Bulk Munitions. Ladies and gentlemen, you may have noticed that the world is falling apart around us. <laughs> And the Democrats are trying to take away your guns. Uh, it's not a conspiracy theory. They're very open about it. Um, so, yeah, definitely buy guns. And, and what's the point of owning guns if you can't find ammo um, to go with them? And and that is where uh, bulk munitions comes in. They've got you covered. Uh, whatever you need, they have in stock. 9mm, 223-556, whatever uh, you need, they have. Uh, if you don't have an AR or a 9, I mean, they have 40, 45, 357, 12 gauge, 22, whatever you need, they have in stock, ready to ship fast. They don't sell it unless they have it in stock. Uh, fast shipping. All orders ship out within two business days. No more waiting around. Um, and, and these guys are great. Um, I, I love working with sponsors that share the values that we put forth uh, twice a week on this podcast. Bulk Munitions is absolutely on the same page. They started the company because uh, while there are a number of other decent online ammo retailers, those guys are all looking out for their own interests. Uh, the folks at Bulk Munitions want their work to serve a higher purpose. That is why they tithe uh, at least 10% of their profits to Christian-based and Second Amendment-supporting nonprofits. Um, great news there. And if all that isn't enough, uh, these guys are offering this audience a limited-time offer. Uh, anybody uh, that spends over $100 using the promo code TNGP21 will get a free Blackhawk magazine case on the house, either a soft-sided case for pistol mags or a hard-sided case for AR-15 mags. Once again, that is uh, TNGP21. Uh, you can see the special offer right now at bulkmunitions.com slash TNGP. Once again, that's bulkmunitions.com slash TNGP. Uh, use the promo code TNGP21 to get that free magazine case on the house. Stock up your ammo box right now. Uh, guys, and if you haven't already, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to subscribe. And if you like the show and want to get involved, you can support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash Podcast. All right, without further do the great Greg Price. All right, guys, we're here with my brother, Greg Price. Greg, how you been? I've been well, man. Thanks for having me on. Always good to be with you. Absolutely, man. So look, dude, I, I was off last week. We have even more to cover than we normally do. Uh, probably not to get, probably not going to get to all of it, but we, we have to talk about the, the biggest news of the day. They finally got the stupid boat. Uh, over in Egypt, unstuck. Um, took them six days to move this uh, to move this boat. Um, but look, I mean, I, we have to mention what every dude in the country has been thinking, and, and we're a couple smart dudes, man. Like, I think we could have figured out a way to get the boat unstuck way quicker because that's what dudes do. So, I mean, we got to toss around a couple ideas, man. My first idea, they should have called in the Cajun Navy. 
those uh those dudes down in Louisiana that like rescue people during the hurricanes, just like a couple thousand dudes with fourteen foot flat bottom boats and ten horse Johnsons all pulling in the same direction. I don't know. Could have worked. That's true. Or we get a bunch of pickup trucks and we go to one side of the boat and then just attach them to the side and then start driving the trucks all in the same direction in order to even out the boat in the Suez Canal. Yeah, man. Like, how many F-150s do you think it would take? Like, 800? Yeah, we uh, maybe not 800, but probably a not inordinate amount of of pickup trucks in order to dislodge the boat. I mean, I think Elon Musk could have put, what does he call his ship? It's like the Starship or something? Something like that. He should have put the Starship on the boat, but attached it with giant ropes to the boat, and then launched it, try to literally just pick the boat up. And fly it into outer space. Yeah, that's that's another one. I just love my favorite thing about it is how the captain like drew a dick on his map and then ended up getting his boat stuck <laughs> for, and halting ten percent of world trade in the Suez Canal for, <laughs> for uh, just because he de- because he decided to draw a dick. <laughs> just worth it, dude. Just worth it, man. I I've been waiting on uh I got my new studio set up in my new place and stuff and I've been waiting on an awesome new uh desk chair computer chair and it was supposed to be here a week ago i'm pretty sure it's on that stupid boat man like i'm, I'm just in some like nasty falling apart wooden chair right now like this boat this dick drawing captain has seriously inconvenienced me and i don't appreciate that yeah you hate to see it you just hate to but see hopefully it. they had to return to tradition and go around uh go around the cape of good hope like they used to before they built the suez canal no shortcuts brother <laughs> Yeah. No shortcuts. Dude, I, it's just criminal that it, we don't get the Donald tweeting about this boat. Like, Trump's solutions to this problem would have been incredible. Yeah, there was, like, there, there's some, uh, I don't know if it's, like, an account or just, like, a bot that just, like, sends Trump tweets, like, things he'd be tweeting about the news today. And, like, they sent one that was, like, just ram another boat into the boat. <laughs> and it was, like, when I see the news today, the first thing I think about is what would Donald Trump be tweeting about this right now? I mean, never forget what they took from us, man. Like, it is just, just crimes against humanity. I mean, did any of the neocons suggest, like, legitimately suggest, like, without any irony at all, bombing the boat? Like, I, I have to think Bill Crystal suggested it on Twitter. I mean, Bill Crystal probably wanted to, like, go even further and make Egypt the 51st state, like he wanted to do with Cuba. <laughs> that would have been that would have been his solution to the Suez, is just, they'll greet us as liberators and we'll make Egypt the 51st state. Oh, gosh. Yeah, you're probably right. So, President Biden, he finally held uh, his first press conference. That was, I believe, Thursday or Friday. Thursday. Uh, Thursday. Yeah, yeah. I, I watched it after the fact. Uh, I was too busy just moving heavy crap around all day that day. But uh, he finally did his first press conference. I think it was like 65 days into his presidency. Um, and we'll, we'll get to the actual content in a second. But just my watching it i was literally uncomfortable i know I'm, i i make fun of a lot of people i have i'm no friend of any politician especially democratic left-wing politicians but like this is not even fun for me anymore it's I mean, it's funny i guess i mean i suppose you know putting a guy with alzheimer's on tv is like inherently funny but like it's just i'm over it like the joe biden experiment was fun but i'm over it a man with dementia just cannot be president of the united states like this is ridiculous like this is like it, it seems like we're I'm watching the real world on TV or something like it's like this can't be real. Like what what is happening to this country? I mean, Democrats knew what they were voting for when they voted for Joe Biden. They weren't voting for the man. They were voting against the evil orange man who was so very evil. 
Um, but they knew what they were like. The, no Democrat can say they didn't know what they were getting when they elected Joe Biden. They certainly didn't do it because of his intellectual fortitude or his sharp mind. Um, they did it because they wanted Trump out of office by any means necessary. And that meant and if that meant electing a man who has obviously lost a step, who is the oldest president ever, then it was so be it to them. And that's what they did. And yes, that that really has shown by the fact that it took him over 65 days to make to do a press conference. And then the actual press conference was him calling on 10 reporters that his staff picked for him, even though there were 25 reporters in the room. Uh, and you can say what you will about Donald Trump, but the man never shied away from the opposition, from opposition media, the way no. Joe Biden, the way Joe Biden is going to be doing over the next four years, because and it's obvious why he's doing it. It's because his staff knows that he's, you know, he's very old and he's obviously lost a step and he just can't. He's, he's not he's certainly no Donald Trump who was bouncing off the walls in every single press conference. No, I mean, Donald Trump probably should have shied away from the press more. I mean, like, why would you sit down for 12 hours with Bob Woodward? <laughs> it just does not seem like a good idea. But it's like, I mean, my, my initial thought, just watching this train wreck of a press conference, it, it, let's just forget that Joe Biden's the president of the United States. Like, imagine if your boss spoke the way Joe Biden speaks. Like, you wouldn't respect him. You know what I mean? Like, if your boss couldn't complete a sentence, got confused over things that wouldn't phase a seven-year-old, you know, lost his train of thought all the time, randomly got angry and started yelling for no reason. Like, for no, just mid-sentence, he would just, like, flip a switch and start screaming. <laughs> it was like, dude, imagine, like, in, in anybody in any position of authority, imagine being a soldier and your commanding officer spoke like that. You'd be like, well, we're dead. You know, like, anybody other than Joe Biden in any position of authority, private or public sector, would have been removed from that position of authority immediately. But for some reason, it's fine if it's the most powerful man on the planet. Yeah, you know, it was it was inter it was really interesting to watch. Like the thing that Joe Biden's always done, like even going back to the 80s when he was like a senator and still sharp in the mind is like whenever he gets like remotely challenged by a reporter, he gets very angry and like raises his voice. Like and so like there was the time during the press conference when I think it was Kirsten Welker from NBC who asked him a question about the border that was like actually like a pretty good question. And he like he, like you said, he like raised his voice at her and he got all angry and he does that like. He does that all the time. Like I remember, I remember during the campaign when uh, what's her face, uh, Katie Couric was interviewing him, and she asked him about Hunter Biden, and he just started like straight up yelling at her that she like didn't know what she was talking about, and he did like the same thing to the dude from uh, Univision, Jorge Ramos, when he during the campaign when he asked him about uh, cages under the under the Obama administration. Like he, he's every time he's remotely challenged. Because obviously the press is, does not challenge him in any way similar to how they did Trump. So whenever he gets remotely challenged, he just gets angry because he's not used to it because the press is so friendly to him. Yeah, I mean, he, he couldn't handle this. This was not a press conference. Not really. I mean, it was like, uh, what's her name? Uh, Alison Dorr from, uh, from PBS. Her question yeah. about the border was like, do you think, you know, these tens of thousands of illegal aliens are crossing the border because you're just such a great guy? <laughs> I'm paraphrasing here, but it was like it was legitimately that ridiculous. Like, do you think you're just too good of a human being? You're just so nice that people just think they can come here. Do you think you like, you know, maybe your only sin is that you're just too awesome? <laughs> like, dude, what? Like, if if you know, if if there were literally state-run, well, I mean, PBS is state-run media for all intents and purposes. But man, it's like another thought I had immediately watching this this nonsense was like, I think 
looking back on it, conservatives probably went overboard a little bit in like the early Obama years, saying that like Obama was like embarrassing the country. Like when he said, you know, he told Putin he'd be more flexible after the election when he bowed to the the king of Saudi Arabia and all this like weird stuff. When he would like go on his uh, apology tour, apologizing for everything the U.S. was doing and stuff. Like, oh, he's embarrassing the country. <laughs> Dude, like. Biden is embarrassing the country. And, like, I have no loyalty to our government. I hate the government. I, I hate government itself, just no matter who's in the White House. I don't really care. But I'm still a patriot. I love my country. And this is just sad. I mean, this guy has to negotiate with Putin. He has to negotiate with the Chinese. Like, Vladimir Putin is already humiliating Biden on the world stage. Okay, this degenerate communist strongman is humiliating the President of the United States. And that sucks. Like, I'm not, I'm not like, laughing at that. It's not funny. Like, Biden, it was a couple weeks ago, he, he went on— uh, George Stephanopoulos' show, uh, whatever network that's on, who cares? But uh, And he called Putin a, a killer, which is, of course, true. Not sure why he would immediately pick a fight with the Russians, but whatever, that's what he chose to say. And Putin goes, <laughs> takes one to no one, which also fact-track true, but it's like, man, what a great line. That's a good line. You needed to have a good comeback. Trump would have had a great comeback. Obama would have had a great comeback. You know, like, he was a clever guy, but Biden's got nothing. And it's just sad. Like, you can't let the commies embarrass the president on the world stage like and just watching that watching putin get one over on our president it's like man it's just and i'm trying not to go way overboard here with the hyperbole but it's like how are we not a nation in decline <laughs> like how is it not a sign like convince me we are not a nation in decline if over half the country could be tricked by the press into voting for a man with dementia like if that's not a sign of national decline i don't know what is well, what, what, one thing I'm really pissed off at is, like, uh, you know, right after the election when, like, we were going through the whole – all the news cycle was – the news cycle was all domina- – was dominated by, like, the Sydney Powells and the Lynn Woods of the world talking about how, like, Dominion's voting systems had rigged the election. They were, like, working with communists or whatever. Like, Lynn Wood and Sydney Powell were si- talking about all these, like, insane conspiracies that weren't true. But it was, like, distracting from, like, the actual – real way that the election was rigged and we saw that in like the time article that 100%. came out a couple weeks ago but we weren't fo- like we our focus should not have been on the bullshit that they were talking about it should have been on the fact that yes this election was manipulated by powerful elites and corporate interests that spent all of last year overhauling entire election laws using covid in states using covid as an excuse and they you know big tech silencing dissent um and, you know, the, the press obviously pretending that Joe Biden was, you know, not in a state of mental decline, that he was like a sharp man still covering for him. Like that was the real way that this election was rigged. It was manipulated by technocrats, obviously. But we weren't focused on all of that right after the election. when All the focus was on the craziness of Sidney Powell and Lynn Wood. And that's one of the things I'm really that, that was something that really pissed me off at the time. And I was like tweeting about it and getting a lot of shit from people who were like, yeah, the Kraken will be released any day now. And I was like, we're focusing on the wrong things here. Like the election was absolutely unfair and absolutely rigged because that's the only way Joe Biden could have won. But it wasn't because of all this crap they were saying. It's because it was actually manipulated by powerful elites and corporate interests who wanted Donald Trump gone because Donald Trump was a threat to the political establishment. They wanted him gone as soon as he got elected. Yeah, man. I mean, it's like it's the same story over and over with the the Sidney Powells of the world. It's the same with like the the QAnon stuff, which I don't really quite understand. I know it's a group of weird people that think like the government's run by a bunch of like alien 
pet- pedophiles or some nonsense, like interdimensional yeah. pedophiles, Alex Jones stuff. But it's like <clears throat> that is distracting from the fact that the vast majority of our elected officials are deeply wicked human beings <laughs> that do awful things on a daily basis. But we're just distracting from the real issue here. But like just one more point on this press conference before we move on. The policies are extraordinarily radical. It just evil stuff. I mean, like, just go down the list. Biden essentially endorsed nuking the filibuster. He essentially endorsed open borders in as many words. You know, he, he said there's no way we're getting out of Afghanistan this year. And then all the, the race-baiting language, you know, the Jim Crow language. I mean, it's like our country, it's clear. I mean, looking at, at Biden's mental state, our country is being run by a bunch of 30-year-old radical communist staffers. You know, like that's who's actually making policy. And the press loves it because the press are run by a bunch of 30 year old radicals. So, I mean, they they love it. They love what they're seeing. And like we have to mention the press's behavior during and after this press conference. I mean, the the surprise I shouldn't be surprised by anything, but it is still a little jarring that the press's behavior is like 10 times worse than the Obama years. Like they're not just friendly to Democrats; they're literally just state media at this point. If they, like, if they were legitimately state-run media, how would they be behaving any different? I mean, like, Biden proves he should not be in any position of authority, let alone president of the United States, and the press says he did great. I mean, the, like, I'm sure you saw the Jen Rubin piece in the Washington Post on Friday morning about how it was the greatest press conference in world history. It's like you, you people don't even like. There's no semblance of of truth anymore. Like, you you're just propagandists. You have you do not care about the future of the country like you don't you, like you see what's happening and they just don't care it's all about power to these people yeah yeah it is and like you know they they talk all the time about how like fox news is state media or like the daily caller is state media because because we have a bias because we're open about the fact that we're biased to the right and meanwhile like joe biden is boarding air force one and people are asking him about what he gave up for lent that was a thing that happened right. the other day like you have like Dave Chalian on CNN the night before the inauguration going, the reflecting pool looks like outstretches of Joe Biden's arms embracing America. Like there are some like things that corporate media says about Joe Biden and reports about Joe Biden that like Kim Jong-un would get jealous of because like he's like, why, why isn't North Korean media showering me with as much praise as American media is giving to Joe Biden? Like it's it's crazy. And like. Yeah, like the Obama press corps is officially back. Like you watch these press briefings every day and like, sure, they've challenged him on the border and they've challenged him when it comes to school reopenings because those are just com- two completely undefensible things that the Biden administration has done. But like they don't nearly challenge him in the same way that they would do to Donald Trump, obviously, or to Kayleigh McEnany. They don't ask like, like obviously it was gotcha question after gotcha question with them and now. And now it's like they're asking them about the White House dogs and like the cats. Like it's it's just ridiculous stuff. And like I, I think most people in America aren't falling for it. Like every poll that have ever that has come out recently has shown that trust in American media is at its all time low, and for good reason, for very good reason. I just and you're absolutely right, and that is encouraging to see. I just I wonder, like we're gonna find out with a quickness just how powerful the press is. Um, because I believe take the, like the, the voting rights issues, like, uh, you know, Georgia just passed a law, you know, saying you need an ID to vote, (laughs) like just common sense stuff. And, uh, you know, and so the entire corporate press, they call, they call, you know, Brian Kemp and and the Georgia Republicans racist and, oh, you're, you're Nazis, you're racist. It's like Jim Crow and, and all this. And then, you know, a poll comes out 
on Sunday from Rasmussen that says that 75% of the American public support voter ID laws, including 70% of blacks. So a policy that 70% of black people support is racist. So it's like they're going to try to force things through. The press and the Biden administration are going to try to force things through that no one agrees with, that the vast majority of Democrats, that the vast majority of minorities disagree with. They're going to see if they just how much they can get away with, and we're going to find out how powerful they really are. Yeah, we are. That's it's a hundred percent true, and you know, obviously, it's going we're going to it's going to be a very cringe and annoying four years, or even if Biden is probably not even if he's not in office in the next four years, but it's going to be cringe and annoying just to watch the just the amount. Like, it's not even that they praise him; it's that like they refuse to challenge him on legitimate issues. So like when it comes to school reopenings, like nobody in the White House press corps has ever asked Joe Biden, like, is the reason that you're not using the bully pulpit to pressure teachers unions to go back to school because teachers unions gave a lot of money to your campaign? Like they'll never ask him questions like that. And so like, it's just, it's, it's just a very cringe and annoying thing to watch. And so and we're, we're going to have to get used to it though. Cause that's the, there's nothing that the press corps loves to do more than suck up to the people in power. And there's nothing more that Amer- that corporate media likes to do more than to suck up to the powerful while going after the powerless. Doesn't it, I mean, you're absolutely right, um, obviously, but doesn't it almost feel reversed? Doesn't it almost feel like the press holds the power and the Biden administration is trying to appease them? Like it's the, think- the only thing the press will ever go after Biden, like they, they went after him a little bit on the border stuff, but only because the Biden policies aren't leftist enough. Like, the press wants 100% open borders. They want every every migrant that crosses the border to be released into the interior. And as of now, the Biden administration isn't quite that radical, so they're they're attacking him on it. it it's almost like, like the press is steering the ship, you know what I mean? It's not even like these people sucking up to power. It's like the press are the powerful ones, and the government's trying to appease them or something. It, it's I, I know that that's an oversimplification and not, entirely true but it almost seems like it's these freaking 30 year old journos like steering the ship of the country right now uh i i I agree with that to an extent i think like the point i was making was, was the fact that like news outlets claim they're like speaking truth to power and they say that we hear all this you know these this like trite sort of comments from them about how the firefighters and whatnot but the, the real, like, Glenn Greenwald tweeted something like this, and it was one of the greatest tweets I've ever seen. But, like, the real power in this country is obviously the government. It's, like, the CIA, the FBI. It's Wall Street. It's Silicon Valley. But these, these corporate media outlets basically act as stenographers for all of those, for all of those uh, powerful entities in our society while they spend the rest of their time doxing random people dressed as the Joker waving flags in Florida. Right. They like, they suck up to power while they are going after normal people. And like Glenn Greenwald got himself in a lot of controversy for dunking on a USA Today intern who was, who was like writing about how tech companies are allowing people arrested in the Capitol riot to crowdfund for their legal fees. And like, okay, I disagree with what the crowd, with what obviously what the crowd did on January 6th was bad. But the fact that, corporate media is trying to prevent people from paying for lawyers is like, it's kind of a ridiculous thing. And Glenn Greenwald got himself in trouble for saying that. And it's like, and so like the point is just, it's that corp, the, the press sucks up to power while, while they 
trash and while their journalism is dedicated to going after the powerless, people who, the people who have no power in this country, every ordinary Americans. And then when you call them out on it, they, they play the victim and they claim that they're, you know, that what they're doing is somehow righteous. Like we saw that with Taylor Lorenz, where like when people criticized her for the fact that her quote unquote journalism is stalking teenagers on the internet right. and shit, like they just claim the victim whenever you call them out on the fact that what they're doing is sucking up to the powerful while attacking everyday Americans every single day. And I don't, and I think, yes, you're, you're right when you say that, you know, they kind of are, they, they have, the media has such a powerful, the, the media sets the narrative in this country in such a powerful way. And big tech helps them, helps them by obviously boosting the New York times while they censor the daily caller. But I think like the more important part is the fact that they suck up. There's nothing they love more than sucking up to the political establishment and sucking up to the cultural elite and the financial elite in this country. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And that was actually my um, I, I guess I didn't quite understand what you meant, because that's my that's my libertarian blind spot is when you said that the press sucks up to power. I immediately go straight to government when I mean, yes, like the government's extraordinarily powerful, but there's a lot. Uh, there's a lot more powerful elites in this country ruining things aside from just elected officials. So, yeah, you know, but I'm a libertarian. So when you say sucking up to power, I'm like, I go straight to the federal government and think about nothing else. But yes, you are absolutely right. You you have to throw in the, the corporations, the woke corporations, you know, Wall Street, Silicon Valley, those people as well. Um, we briefly, I have to mention um, the crisis on the southern border. It is completely out of control. Um, this is the worst crisis on the southern border ever um, in the history of our country. Uh, border control has 18,000 minors in custody. Um, I mean, I'm old enough to remember like a year ago when it was Hitlerian, uh, when the Trump administration had a couple thousand kids in custody. Like, we don't need to specifically talk border policy. We could do a whole show on that. But that, that's not the point. I, I just think this was the plan. This was the plan all along. Like, the the narrative, even among uh, like commentators on the right, are like, Biden just didn't understand that, you know, all this open borders rhetoric on the campaign trail would have uh, had ramifications. You know, no, I don't, I don't think that's true at all. And whether Biden understands it this way or not, I think the, this was the plan, man. Like chaos is the plan. Like it was the plan to completely overrun the border, overrun the system. The Democrats knew this would happen. Maybe not Biden himself, but they knew this would happen. They know that campaign rhetoric matters and they wanted this. And once again, where's the press uh, other than the Daily Caller? Right? Like, where, where is the coverage? I mean, the, the Biden administration is barring the press from these border facilities. I mean, if Trump did that, the press would have called him a fascist, like rightfully so. Like that is actually a fascist thing to do. Like this is a legitimate attack on the free press and the First Amendment. And the press is fine with it. Like they're totally fine with it because they like the policy. Yeah. And like, I don't think like... Like, I, maybe to an extent, chaos was the plan all along. But I think what it more was, was the fact that it was politically popular for Joe Biden to say the complete opposite of what Donald Trump was saying about immigration and, and, and about the southern border during the campaign. And then he becomes president and you realize that, that everything responds to the incentives of the people controlling the government. And so when you come into office pledging to freeze deportations and pledging to get to reinstate catch and release, get rid of E-Verify, and propose a mass amnesty bill, and halt construction of the border wall. When you do all of these things, as it turns out, people hear you and people think, hey, now's the time that maybe we can leave our country and come to the United States. And like, 
And yeah, like we had a bunch of reporters from the Daily Caller who were at the border over the weekend. And it was like incredible, just like the videos they were taking of like just hour after hour of like hundreds and hundreds of people crossing the Rio Grande on like rafts and just like these giant caravans of like 50 people at a time coming over the border. And it is a crisis. And it's like it's a crisis that the Biden administration created. And I think the press they've done. I think the press has realized that this is not this is this is an instance where it is impossible for the Biden administration to maintain to maintain PR when it comes to the crisis at the border, because it is as a result of the policy that they implemented coming in. And so like they, I I feel like they've done a relatively okay job at covering the border. Like ABC sent their entire Sunday show to report from the border last Sunday. Yeah. Like, but, but on the flip side of that, they're obviously not, they did not like that. That was, that was with Martha Raddatz, right? When, uh, Raddatz was interviewing a couple of the, migrants and they she did not get the answer she wanted i mean they specifically told her we are here because joe biden is president (laughs) she's like oh crap this was a mistake yeah but so like just on the flip side of that like obviously they're not accusing joe biden of running concentration camps on the border like what they were doing when when it was donald trump and like but but what we're seeing on the border today is a whole lot worse than what we were seeing under trump like there are people like the surge is just so like, and we've like we've done reporting on this. The surge, like border patrol, is like scrambling to, to contain the influx of migrants that are coming in, and like obviously they've had to open new border facilities, even going as far as to paying for hotels, and like, and, and like obviously they're reinstating catch and release, so people are being released. Like they're claiming that, they're they're claiming that the only that people aren't being released into the interior, but. Our reporting has shown that that's not true, that like people are coming over with small children and they're being released into the interior of this country. They're not being sent back home. It's it's happening. And it's 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 really it's it's a crisis and it's of the Biden administrations. And it's it's there. It's on their hands. This is the, the entire what, what's happening at the border. It's entirely their fault. Yeah, I mean, you're 100 percent right. And just real quick, I want to expand on why I, I do think I really do think that chaos is the goal here. Um, and it's been reported, you know, only by right-wing outlets. But uh, over the last week, that Biden and, and his his aides have been meeting with historians um, to gauge their opinion on how fast is too fast to radically change American life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're talking gun confiscation, universal basic income, radical tax increases. You know, like truly evil, wicked stuff. And like, I, I, Biden's not with us. Okay, so I'm not saying it's coming from Joe Biden himself. I'm just coming from the administration. But like, the, the people with functioning brains left in the, in the White House know that they can't accomplish these things. They can't accomplish you know, socialism. Essentially, the the only way they can accomplish that is to break the system. You know, like, and they're they're attempt. I, I believe with by overrunning the border, flooding the border with tens of thousands of illegal aliens, with printing trillions and trillions of dollars you know increasing inflation crashing the u.s dollar they they know chaos has to be the goal like they they they, it has to be the goal the the goal has to be to break the system like nobody's this stupid like nobody thinks that catch and release is a good policy nobody thinks that open borders is great would be great for the american people a great great for the american economy like nobody thinks that you can just print six trillion dollars in a year completely unfunded and that won't have cataclysmic ramifications 
it has to be the goal. It has to be the goal, and it has to be related to these meetings Biden's having. You know, saying how you know how fast is too fast to radically rip up the Constitution. They they know the people in charge have to know that they cannot accomplish these goals without breaking people down, like breaking the will of the American people financially. You know, it, I don't know. It's it seems to me at this point, I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist, but it seems to me that that chaos being the goal is. I don't think it's a conspiracy theory. I think it's Occam's razor at this point. Yeah, I think it's. I think yeah, I totally see where you're coming from with that. That's te- that's definitely a possibility. And if there's one thing that you know the le- the political left in this country wants to do is it's funda- is fundamentally reach is fundamentally reshape the country. And you know I think obviously th- it's been funny to watch them come up with all of these excuses for why they now support eliminating the filibuster even though they were supporting it during the Trump administration when they used it to block pretty much everything. Yeah. And yeah, like I think, you know, Joe Biden ran as a moderate as like, you know, moderate old uncle Joe returned to normalcy, but the policies that he's pushing are, are what would be considered to be radical. Like uh, obviously everything that's happening on, on the border would, is, is a great example, but like, he's not governing as a moderate. He's not trying to govern as a mod- the people around him in the white house. Certainly there's, there's not, I wouldn't consider many of them to be moderate. And, no. you know, so I think you're right that they do want to, the, the political left in this country has made it clear that their goal is to fundamentally transform the country. And I think Biden is really their puppet in order to do it. Like they had to, they had to get rid of Donald Trump, who was their biggest threat and the biggest threat to the political establishment in this country. Yeah, I think and, you're right. That's and, absolutely and right. Was, you're, that's absolutely right. And I think that most people woke up to that fact on day one. I mean, yeah. look at day, it was how many, I forget how many executive orders on day one. But uh, one more thing, I, I know i got to let you go here in just a second, but one more thing I want to mention is that the Biden administration is now talking about uh, mandatory vaccine passports is what they're calling them. Essentially, they, they want to make it so you can't leave your house or buy food or, or engage in the U.S. economy at all without your, your vaccine papers, <laughs> okay, essentially. Like, this is fascism. I mean, this is like, I don't know, I'd go so far to say Hitlerian. I mean, I remember when when guys like you and I brought up a year ago that the Democrats were going to move in this direction. We were called conspiracy theorists. And now they're openly discussing it. No, yeah, we all knew that this was going to happen. That, and it, and if it didn't come from the government, it would come from like restaurants or like concert venues that require people to be vaccinated in order to in order to use their service in order to come. And yeah. that was always a thing that I knew was like that I called was going to happen. Like we obviously we we had been talking. Guys like us have been talking about that for a while. And it, it, it makes like it's just not it's so anti-scientific. Yeah. Because the goal of your vaccine rollout is not for every human being to get vaccinated, it is to it is to reach the point of of immunity. And that involves obviously the most vulnerable and people who work in danger in high risk jobs getting vaccinated. But there comes a point where immunity is reached and it doesn't it doesn't have to involve every single human being getting vaccinated but we live like i've stopped i stopped trusting the experts on the experts on covid a long time ago because everything they've said is obvious lots of things they've said it's turned out to have been motivated by political theater or by special interests and when it, and that's and that's 100% what's happening now when it comes to this talk about showing me your vaccine cards in order to eat in our restaurant yeah and i think I think you're right too that they might try to use the the put pressure on the public or the, on the private sector. 
I think you're absolutely right about that because obviously you're not going to get 60 senators or even 50 senators to, to go along with something like that. Obviously, if it goes, you know, if it's an executive order by the Biden administration, it goes to the Supreme Court and immediately shot down. Um, yeah. But, you know, they can they can put pressure. They can make threats to, you know, private corporations and stuff um, to enact these these vaccine passports. I think they, I, I think the vaccine passport thing, I think it's just an experiment, man. From the people on the top, like they're just seeing, they're towing that line. They're seeing how much we'll let them get away with. And unfortunately, like, man, I've lost a lot of faith in the American people. You know, I, I said on this podcast, I made a fool of myself by saying on this podcast in March last year that the American people would only put up with this nonsense for a few weeks. I'm like a month tops. Well, <laughs> I mean, like the entire political left is like crying anytime their governors give them back freedom. They're like, no, I don't want freedom. No, why aren't you taking more of my freedom? Like, they hate Ron DeSantis because Ron DeSantis wants them to be free, Democrats in, in Florida. Yeah. So it's like, I, just, I, I don't I, know, I, man. I can't imagine, like, what type of person has spent, like, the last year not leaving their house or associating with people because the television told them to. There's like, a lot I of people, can't... man. I know people. I know human beings, like, our age. I'm a little bit older than you, but, like, our generation, people around our age that literally— legitimately wear two masks when they leave their house Two masks. like i know real people yeah like my friends that do that like it's like it's it's comedy man if it wasn't if, man uh you're either laughing or you're crying so yeah <laughs> might as well just laugh at this crap but all right man i know we're a little over time i'll let you go thanks so much for doing this again my brother where can everybody uh uh subscribe to the daily caller and where can everybody uh follow you online keep in touch and all that good stuff so if actually I, I just obtained a uh, promo code for our subscription. So if you go to dailycaller.com backslash patriots and if you use the promo code Greg21, you get 40% off and I get commission. So it's a win-win. You get all of our content behind the paywall and lots of other great stuff. We're doing great reporting on a daily basis. And if you're a conservative right now at a time when conservatives are in the opposition in the government, what you want more than anything are – news outlets that will report honestly and truthfully on what this administration is doing on a daily basis. And that's what we do at the daily caller. So Greg 21, use that promo code. Use that promo code. Get your boy, Greg paid, uh, <laughs> make sure to do that. And like, yeah, I mean, obviously I, I plug my own like Patreon and stuff on this podcast and, and tell, tell people to support our sponsors and stuff. But like, look, it's more important than ever for people to subscribe to places like the daily caller to support podcasts like mine. I mean, like we're all a dying breed, man. I mean, if you look at the coverage, the, the yeah. southern border is a great, uh, a great example. Like, the Daily Caller, half of the journalists covering the southern border are employed by the Daily Caller. Like, they're doing the, the reporting that nobody else is. So, definitely worthy of your support. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, yeah, and, and yes, like, and, yeah, conservative uh, journalism is, is, especially in the current political climate we live in right now, it's definitely it's more important than ever. And as you said, we're on borrowed time. Big tech at, on any day could decide to deplatform us and decide we don't get a platform anymore. And so subscribing is really the most important thing you can do because it ensures that we can continue bringing this great content to you on a daily and good and great reporting to you on a daily basis. Absolutely. Everybody subscribe to the Daily Caller. Everybody follow Greg. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks. Uh-huh.